verse of that song are exactly what Paul was talking about in Ephesians chapter 2 when he talks about our past and our present and our future. When he allows us to understand what's going on in our lives, what we once were before we knew the Lord Jesus Christ, what we are now in Jesus Christ, and the hope that we have for that day that is coming when we will be with him forever in a place that he's prepared for us. It's a great reminder. It follows along perfectly with the scripture, and I'm going to invite you to just stand with me as we honor the reading of this word and, and allow it to be spoken into our hearts this morning as we listen carefully in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. And you'll see in verses 1 through 3, there are the past, in verses 4 through 6, the present, and verse 7, the future, as we look together and hear these words from God's word in Ephesians. First of all, the scripture says, And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of this power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Among them we too all formerly lived in the lust of our flesh, indulging in desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. But God, being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him, and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the ages to come he might show the surpassing riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Would you pray with me? Father, this morning, as we hear these great words that you have uh, preserved for us and allowed us to seek to understand and know what's going on in our hearts, in our lives, as we can look at what we were and where we are by the grace of God and with the hope of an eternal home because of your great work in, in us through Christ. Father, we just want to look and understand. We want to be able to be reminded of what we've been saved from. We want to rejoice in what we are. And Father, we even want to rejoice even greater in what is yet to be because of your great love for us. I pray that you'll just open our hearts and our minds and allow us to understand what it is that you've spoken here as we look at it and understand it this morning in Christ's name. Amen. You may be seated. Just want to think about it together with us. The Bible says here as we look at it, and this is a present tense for those who do not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Verses 1 through 3 describes you right now. Every person without Christ is described in those verses. And every one of us with Christ, that's our past. That's what we were before we came to understand who Christ is and what was going on and being a part of the things that are happening. And so we want to understand that. We want to remind ourselves. We want to get a hold of what God's saying here. Paul is writing to us. He's writing to the church in Ephesus. And as I've mentioned, it's as relevant as it was written to us this very day. And he's telling us what we once were so that we'll be reminded of what a great Savior we have and what he saved us from and what was going on in our life. We, we all look to the, the see and being a part of that. We, the Bible says we were dead. And it's not just a, figure, a figurative thing that it's saying. It's not something that's just trying to say it's like we were dead. No, he means literally we were dead. The Bible teaches us very clearly that every person outside of Christ is dead. They have no spiritual life. They are already separated from God. They're already under the condemnation of God. And they have no hope in themselves, in religion, in philosophy, in life, in morality, in wealth, in government. Nothing can save them. They are dead in Christ, without Christ. That's what the scripture is teaching. That's what Paul's saying. That's what we once were. We were dead. It's, it's like the zombie movies that we see so many times now. We, we were just living dead. We were going through the motions. We do everything people do. But without Christ, there's no life there. 
There's no vitality there. There's no future there. There's no hope there because without Christ, there's no life. That's why Jesus said, I've come that you might have life. But not only that you might have it, but that you might have it in its abundance in the fullness of what's there. We were dead, the scripture says, before we came to know the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. But it describes us even further. We were not only dead, but we were deluded. We were, we were deceived. We, we thought we had everything that we needed. We thought we could claim the things of the world. We thought we could find something in religion. We thought we could find something in philosophy. We thought we could find something on our own that we didn't need what God said. We were so deceived that we were continually moving down the road to destruction, not even realizing that we were on the road to destruction because we were completely blinded and deceived by the work of Satan and the work of this world and the things that are going on and being a part of it. As we look and as we see that and understand we were deceived, we were deluded, we were disobedient, we didn't do the things that were right, we did what we wanted to do, when we wanted to do it, how we wanted to do it, and all the things that were going, that describes the world that's we in. You know, we don't have to teach disobedience. Any of you who are a parent or a grandparent, you know, you don't have to teach your child how to disobey. It comes naturally. In fact, it comes naturally to most of us as adults as well. We're really good at disobedience. That's, that was our nature before we came to know the Lord Jesus Christ. That's just who we were, and that's what we did. And the things that were going on and being a part of it, we were deluded, we were disobedient, we were defiled by the sin that was in our lives. We lived in a way that was doomed because the Scripture says, as I've already mentioned, the Bible says in John chapter 3 that those who do not accept Christ, those who do not confess Him, those who do not know Him as Lord and Savior of life, they already are condemned. We were dead without hope before Christ. But I love verse 4, especially the first two words. But God. Oh, we, we were dead. We were worthless. We had no value. We could do nothing in life. We were condemned forever and ever and ever, not only in this life, but in the life to come. There was nothing that we had to look forward to but God. But God who is rich in mercy. But God who is filled with love. But God who so longs for us to be right with Him did for us what we could not do for ourselves. But God, our great gracious God, gave Himself through Jesus Christ that you and I might have the forgiveness of our sins, that we might be raised up into heavenly places, that we might experience what God wants us to experience in the fullness of life. It's an amazing word. Those words are so great as we look at it and we see in spite of the fact that we were dead, in spite of the fact that we were disobedient, in spite of the fact that we had no desire whatsoever for God, in our life, God so loved us that he gave himself to us in Christ Jesus so that he could reach into the deadness of our lives and bring forth life that was missing and being a part of it. That's what he's saying here. Paul said we were all like that. Everybody that's ever lived was dead. Everybody has been spiritually dead when they were born. They were born in sin. They lived in sin by choice. They practiced sin. They did sin. That controlled their lives. But God, in spite of that, so loved us that he sent his son to die on the cross for us, to give himself for us that we might have everlasting life, that we might have the forgiveness of sins, that we might be brought forth from the grave, from death, from all that it was, and know now that we have been given life everlasting in the things that are going on and being a part of what we're doing. We were utterly without hope. But God, but God came in Christ Jesus and lifted up our heads and told us that we could live and that we could have life and we could have hope and we could have love and we could have forgiveness and we could have abundance in the living of our lives through Jesus Christ 
as we look at it. That's what he said in verses 4 through 6 as you look at him. But God came, and he showed his love to us. How did he show his love to us? What I've already said, and what we've heard over and over again, that God showed his love to us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He came, and he gave his life, not because we were worthy, not because we had done the things that we needed to do to, to meet his demands or to be, to be able to step into his holiness. No, he came in spite of our enmity toward him, our anger toward him, our, our refusal of him, our desire to live our own way, to make our own rules, to do it the th way that we wanted to do it. And yet God loved us so much, even in the midst of our rebellion, that he demonstrated his love to us so that we would never, ever have to doubt, does God really love me? Is there really a possibility that I could have forgiveness in my life? Is there a possibility that I could walk in the fullness of life and find all that God has for me? Am I too far gone? No, no one's too far gone. But God, who is rich in mercy, who is rich in love, gave himself in Jesus Christ. He showed us how much he loved us so that we wouldn't doubt it. See, you and I can tell each other we love one another. We can say things to one another. But words don't mean anything without actions behind them. God proved it. God showed it. God demonstrated it so that we would know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God so loved us that he would do whatever it took, pay the highest cost that was possible to pay in all of eternity that you and I might be brought into his life, into his love, into his salvation, into his eternity. See, that's where we are now. We once were sinners we're still sinners, but we're saved by grace, as the song says. We once lived in a way that was opposite of everything God wanted us to be. But now, by the choice of receiving Christ as Lord and Savior and accepting His forgiveness in our life, we now live in the mercies of God. We now live in the riches of God. We now live in the hope of God. We now live in the abundance of God. We now have all that God wanted to us, for our sins have been forgiven. They've been removed from us as far as the east is from the west. We, they are remembered no more by God. They have been put aside that we might be the very children of God. As he loves us and he gave himself to us. He loves us. He's shown us that love. And he shared us that, that love with us by giving it to us through Christ. He, see, dead people are buried. That's what we do. But not God. God took us from the grave that we were in. God took us from the distress that we were in. God took us from that death that consumed us and held us for all eternity. And he raised us to life. And today, you and I are alive, not just physically here, but we're alive spiritually for all eternity. We're alive in a way that can never have life separated from us, never be taken from us. We're alive in such a way that we know that all the days of eternity that exist before, we will spend in the presence of the living King, the living Lord, because of what He's done for us as He demonstrated His love to us, as He's shown us His love by raising us up from the death that we were in and giving us life and that life everlasting that we might know. That's who we are right now, folks. We're alive. We're abundantly alive because of who Christ is and what he did in our life. We have hope today. We have life everlasting today because of who he is and what he did. He demonstrated his love to us. He showed his love to us. And all that we understand and all that we see and being a part of that and as we look at it, and then he tells us that he loves us in such a way that he has a plan for us to be with Christ in all the riches of his glory. That we have every bit of the mercy, all the riches, all the things of God are in our possession right now. God sees us as we're seated with Christ Jesus. He, he looks at us and we see us where we are now and we see all that we're going through. But when God looks at us through Jesus Christ, he sees us as already 
seated with Christ Jesus in heavenly places. Because it's a done deal. We don't have to worry about it. It's not going to be taken away from us. It can't be stolen from us. We can't lose it anyway. God has assured it through Jesus Christ and putting his seal upon us as we've already talked about in the Holy Spirit and guaranteeing us that we have a relationship with him that can never be robbed from us, never be taken from us, that we are his children and he never, ever, ever loses a child of his own. Never. And so we're his. And we know that we already, as God looks upon us, He sees us as already glorified. That's what Romans 8 says. He sees us as that which has already taken place because it's so certain that it will take place. It's just done as far as God is concerned. That's where we are, folks. We have life. We have abundance. We have all the power of God at our disposal. We have all the riches of heaven at our disposal through Jesus Christ the Lord and all that He is. Once we were lost, now we've been found. Once we couldn't find life at all, now we live in its abundance. We were filled with sin and we were covered by defilement and we had no hope whatsoever. And now the sin has been covered. The defilement has been removed and we have lasting hope that's everlasting hope because in a living Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. He's alive. And because he's alive, he lives in those of us who have accepted him as Lord Jesus Christ. Our past, not very pretty. But it's the same past all of us share. All of us who, know, who are living in this world and have lived and will live have that same past. Sinners, lost, without hope, under the judgment and condemnation of God. But there's good news. <laughs> Because no matter what our past has been, or may be still in some of our lives, God loves us. And God has given us an avenue by which we do not have to stay in that pathway of death anymore. No, there's a, another way. The broad way leads to destruction. The Bible tells us very clear. But there's a narrow way, a way in which we go through Jesus Christ. And that pathway leads to life, and life abundant, and life everlasting. And that's the path we've been put on by the grace of God. See, we no longer are walking down that broad path that leads to destruction. We're no longer walking on that path that the majority of the world has chosen and continue to walk even though they've been shown how that it ends in destruction they refuse to accept the grace of God and the love of God and they're determined to be destroyed but some of us have listened and we've heard the grace of God and we've stepped off by the grace of God by the work of the Holy Spirit in our life and we've moved from that broad path over to this narrow path and on this narrow path the Bible says it leads to life it leads to life everlasting it leads to life eternal it leads to all that God holds for his people that's where you and I are we're on that pathway knowing where we're going and knowing the end of the outcome, that's what the end of verse 7 talks about. That verse there, it talks about the fact that we know already, we have already in our heart the knowledge, the assurance, the awareness that we have a home with the Lord Jesus Christ. See, we once were lost without anything. We were found by the grace of God. And we have the ability now to live in ways that we never could have dreamed possible because of the power of the Holy Spirit dwelling within us. And we have a future that's secure. We have a future that can't be lost, that can't be taken away from us because of who Christ is and what he's done in our lives, being a part of that. See, it's, I once was, I now am, and I shall be because of all the grace of God. I once was lost, without hope, walking in the ways of this world, captured by Satan, held under the bondage of sin, in no hope. But God, in his grace and his mercy, moved into this world in Christ Jesus and lived without sin 
and gave his life willingly upon the cross of Calvary that his blood might be shed, that the atonement might be taken care of, that the justification of the law might be satisfied, that the holiness of God might be met in order that you and I might step into the grace of God by the invitation of God through Jesus Christ to receive him as Lord and Savior of our life and to be declared immediately the very children of God and to be made forever his child and to be given life in its abundance, life in its richness, life in its power, the ability to live in the grace of God, in the mercy of God, the ability to know that when I do sin, I can confess that sin and God is faithful and just to forgive me of that sin and cleanse me of all unrighteousness so that I can stay forward and where it's going. I know where I'm going now because I know that God has a plan and a path for me. I know that God has a home for me. See, I know God, Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you and I believe him. I believe him. I hope you do, but whether you do or not doesn't matter because I do. He's gone to prepare a place, a home, for every single one of us who have stepped off of that broad road and onto that narrow one in Christ Jesus. We've been redeemed from what we were to be who we are in Christ with the anticipation of what is yet ahead, which is only better and better and better as we look at what God has prepared for us. Folks, what a great testimony these verses are as we look at them. It just reminds us. And we need, it remind, we need reminding from time to time. We were sinners. Lost. We're still sinners. But now we're saved by grace. And we've been changed. And we have a new nature, a new, a new de- desire, a new motivation in our hearts. Once we didn't care how we lived. We were in bondage to sin. We couldn't do anything about it even if we wanted to. But now we've been set free from that bondage. And now we have life. And now we know that even though we're not perfect, We have one who's so full of love for us that he walks with us and helps us to move forward as we continue to grow, as we continue to become more and more like our Savior and more like he wants us to be as he deals with our lives, as he takes us on that pathway on our journey home. Because as we all heard in songs that we've sung and scriptures that we've talked about, this world isn't our home. It's just a place we're passing through on a way that God's prepared for us to the home that is ours. It is ours forever as we look at it. Would you pray with me? Father, this morning, as we think about these verses, we're reminded of all that you have, all that we were. It's not a pleasant thing. It's not something we like to talk about or dwell upon. But God, it's just the truth. Before we came to know the Lord Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, when we were trusting in ourselves or religion or philosophy or morality or whatever it is that we thought might somehow do all that needed to be done to make us worthy of God, or most of us didn't really even care about that. We just wanted to do our own thing. But you interrupted that path to destruction. You stepped in front of us with a cross, and you reminded us that you love us and that you have a better plan for us and a better way of life for us. And that we can move from that path to destruction to the path of everlasting life. To the path of abundant life. To a path of forgiveness and love and grace and joy and peace. All ours because of Christ. And so Father, thank you that we can be reminded not so that it drags us down, but just so it helps us rejoice even more because we see 
we were all those things. But now, because of God, all of that's been put aside. Never to be brought up against us again. Oh, Satan and others can try it, but it doesn't matter. Because it's been taken care of in Christ Jesus. So we thank you today that, Father, we're in the present. The present of life. The present of abundance. The present of forgiveness. The present of all these things that I've already mentioned. And that we have a future that cannot be changed. Cannot be taken away from us. But is secure in heaven with Christ Jesus. Father, if there's anyone in this room or listening in today that has never truly put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and Him alone, then they're still in that past. That's still their story. But it doesn't have to be any longer. Today could be the day they could step out of that past and step into the present with Christ Jesus. In all that you have to offer, in all that you give freely, all they have to do is say, yes, yes, I confess my sin before the Father. I receive Christ Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Father, what a great day it would be in their lives for them to step off of that old path of destruction into the new path of everlasting life. And for those of us who know you, who somehow take it for granted, I pray that maybe we've just been reminded of all that we were saved from so that we can rejoice more in what we have now. Whatever our needs are, you're ready to meet them. And I pray that we'll respond by just simply saying yes to whatever you place in our hearts. In Christ's name, amen.